1: hey everyone this is david let's just get right into it today welcome back behind the velvet rope because we are joined by the host of the new SiriusXM xm podcast new episode every tuesday lunch with bruce available everywhere podcasts are found and you can also hear this on radio andy the man himself mr bruce Bossy. Ah,
0: well thank you for having me this is super exciting
1: Thank you for doing this. What is going on today? How is L.A.? L.A. actually,
0: L.A. today is gorgeous because it's cool. So it's sunny, but with a beautiful, cool fall breeze, which, as you know, rarely happens. It's usually stifling hot and it feels like the leaves are blowing. It's very, you know, it's very cozy.
1: Is it making you feel East Coast like you're, you know, back in New York City?
0: Yes, you know, and I need that because my soul is New York City. So, oh, sorry, that was the door. Um, (laughs) The anything that makes me feel like New York, I just sink into.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm in New York now and I like split my time at times. Like, are you that type? Like when you're in New York, you miss L.A. and when you're in L.A., you miss New York or do you just always miss New York?
0: When I'm in New York, um, it's so funny when I go through the Midtown Tunnel and I I, do, I have a uh, this thing that I do for years and years is the windows immediately go down so I can smell the New York air. And by the time I'm going up towards, you know, I think it's like whatever, 38th Street, 5th Street, something like that. I don't even remember that I was not in New York. It feels like I've always been in New York. So to answer your question really clearly, I never think about LA when I'm in New York and I always think about New York when I'm in LA. That's just me. But yet I also feel like I have the best of both, to be honest with you.
1: It's good to be a little bit of both, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, before we get to your amazing podcast, and I have to say, like, when I heard about this podcast dropping on SiriusXM, I said, you know, it makes sense. Like, you know, everybody who's anybody in the entertainment business. So who better than to just interview people for lunch once a week on a Tuesday on SiriusXM? I you you. Go. Well, I mean, you've lived like a very, you know, interesting, fascinating life, I feel. You know, like when you well. I, when you first got started in entertainment business, I know you started like at SNL and like David Letterman as a page. Does that seem like the same lifetime that we're in now? Like, do you remember (laughs) that vividly or is that just like, when was that?
0: Well, it, it it is funny how many years ago that was. And so it it feels, it feels like a different lifetime, but I remember it so vividly in 1989, when I got that gig and it was a hard job to get, you know, the page program was highly competitive. It was an 18 month program. You had about four, three to four interviews. And then you were going to be like contacted when a position opened, if you got that. And I remember I was actually, you know, I was looking for a job. It was after college and through a friend of my father's, they had me, um, Meet a guy in the sports department at NBC. So I'm having this interview with him. I'm going to, you know, a suit, a tie, I'm looking sharp. And as he's talking to me, he goes, You know, what do you like about this? And I said, Well, to be honest with you, I don't really like sports. And he goes, Oh, you know, I think there's a program that would be interesting to you. It's called the Page Program. Do you know of it? I, of course, have heard of it. So he goes, Let's pivot and let me have you interview there. So that was fall. And I got the call in February of that winter. And I began this thing that really was, it was magical. It was giving tours, which I still to this day have the funniest story, you know, of going around 30 Rock in my uniform. I actually took my uniform in completion. I have it in a um, hanging bag, which was verboten. Andy Cohen said to me the other day, because I showed it to him. He's like, oh, you stole that. I go, no, I earned that. Okay. And it's like SNL 15, because that was the year that they celebrated 15 years. It was the year that uh, Gilda Radner passed away. And then just to quickly say about like how this kind of all, you know, the universe brings all these things together for a reason. The Today Show opened up. So you gave tours. That was like the main hub of the job. And then you had... Assignments that were typically three-month assignments. The Today Show typically were girls. It you had to be at work at five a.m. You had to, you know, and you um, got you wrapped around nine thirty when the show was over. So I interviewed for the job. Nobody else is interviewing because nobody wants to get up that early. And I'm interviewing with the, one of the producers, and I'm talking to her, and I keep pointing with my finger. Okay, the, the learning curve, and she goes. You got the gig. Nobody was interviewing for it, but I'm just going to give you a little advice. Stop pointing. So I stopped pointing and my job was basically every morning just set up the green room, welcome the talent, have the talent sign release forms, get them to makeup, get them uh, into the studio on time, bring them out of the studio and then make sure they got downstairs. The summer of 89, I, first of all, I had so much fun. I would get there. I had great stories with Shelley Winters, where she was like, you know, she had trouble walking. So she was in a roly office chair. So I was rolling her to like makeup or we crashing into walls. And she's like yelling and laughing. I had Betty Davis, it was iconic, because Betty Davis was being celebrated that night at Lincoln Center. And she started the day at the Today Show. And she really dubbed me and her assistant, this beautiful woman, Catherine, said, you know, she really likes men. And so she was in, she was smoking the Asteroids. Uh, She goes, why don't you go into her dressing room? When I walk in, she has one leg on the ground and one leg positioned high up on the wall and her her dress is hiked up. I mean, she was like 88 at the time. Fully made up as Betty Davis. I ran out of the room, but the woman was fantastic. So much so that they asked me to be, because I would work the floor on Letterman, which was a coveted spot. So you basically were between the audience and Letterman's desk and how to make sure that nobody like went on, you know, uh, on the stage. Which one time I actually got a little bit aggressive with someone and Letterman in his opening remarks talks about this page who almost took this guy out. So it was so many moments like that, that I felt we would work on Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. We'd go out, we met, you know, a ton of people and I, I really believe, and then I left and I moved to LA and then started that chapter in my life. And that foundation, plus my restaurant background, I just feel that was maybe one of the best jobs I've ever had in my life, is what I'm trying to say.
1: Wow. Were you like, did you get starstruck like at that time, you know, like when you were seeing all these people? Or were you just like, I get it. These are, you know, we're all humans.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I got starstruck. I mean, Dolly Parton hosting SNL, like that was a big moment. Um, because you're so you're in such an intimate place. So that job put me in rooms. So like it's so funny because when you were a page and Brandon Tartikoff was running the company at the time, you during these very big executive meetings, you were in the room and the highest level executives were, and the executives right behind them were not. So you'd be like, "Excuse me, can you wait over here?" And you'd shut the door. And you'd be in the room because you were listening and you were just getting anything that they needed. So you were always a fly on the wall. And I was always starstruck. I mean, I walked Phyllis Dello down and I walked through like the, the 30 rock lobby and like all these people were around, but I knew to sort of like walk with that, like how you walk a celebrity where you're just in front of them, just blocking them. And she says, Oh, you knew how to do that. Like you knew how to do that. And like, I just caught the tail end of uh, so many great people and with the Shelley with the with the Betty Davis story, so she was on Letterman and Letterman shot at 5:30 right next door to live at five, which was on local New York uh, news with Sue Simmons, if you kind of can put it all back together wow. and Audrey Hepburn was on that day. so I found myself standing literally between Audrey Hepburn and Betty Davis as they spoke to each other and I said, you know you can't you can't you just can't like, when is this ever going to happen? So I always left with so many stories from the today show that by the end, that August, September, my two things, September, my gig was up. because It was a three month gig and everybody wanted to interview for the job then because I would always come up happy and like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And the day I was leaving Jane Pauly. And I used to really run scripts for Jane Pauly in the morning, back and forth and back and forth. And it was around six 40 in the morning and she's sitting behind the desk and she's putting her lipstick on. And she goes, you know, Bruce, I hear you're leaving today is like your last day. And I said, yes, I am. And you know, it was emotional. And she goes, um, if you want, I would love to write a letter of recommendation for you unsolicited. And I said to her, you know, thank you. But you know, why Miss Pauly? Like all I did was get, you know, uh, Muffins and get people to make up, and she's like, "It's not what you did; it's how you did it," and that has stuck with me my whole life. When it comes to just my life, how I live my life, and my and work.
1: Wow, yeah. I mean, where does that? Because you were also working at the Palm, like at this time, right? Like around so where and like the family business. So where does this work ethic? You know, a lot of people could just say. It's my family's restaurant. Let me just, you know, just despite the fact that you were interested in entertainment, but you know, you didn't yeah. take the easy road. You kind of were working. Where does that work ethic come from?
0: Well, I think it, you know, yeah. Cause when I was working at the Palm, one of the things that I always brought to my work was I was part of the team. So there was nothing above and I, you know, so I, that was a, just, I think my nature B it was also instilled and expected from my parents that, okay. And when I went into the restaurant business, which I didn't know was going to be such a big chapter in my life. I thought, okay, this is just a means I needed to make money. I needed to like, you know, my parents expected that. Um, and I earned the respect of the employees that I was working with, the waiters, the busboys, the dishwashers, because I did everyone's job with them. You know, I was never the spoiled kid that came in and said, you work for my dad, you know, screw you. I'm here. I'm not there. And I think it just was expected. And we were in the service business. I know what services, is, which is, I think, bleeds into what is happening in my life now in regard to lunch with Bruce and the ability to do this. I understand service. I respect the service business. And so, you know, I, I didn't bring attitude.
1: No, you didn't. Do you miss the palm? Like, I know you've moved on from it as of last year. I um, think it was like, do you miss it?
0: Well, it was a complicated, very bad ending of a 94 year family business. So I'm proud of the, 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 I'm proud of it in so many levels. And I had to mourn it because it was certainly the great patriarch in our family and the co-founders family. Uh, the, um, I don't miss it to be more, you know, very clear about it. I don't miss it. I'm happy. It's not in my life anymore. It's not what it was. So I don't miss what happened to it and where it landed because it's just the palm just doesn't exist. It's not, it can never be what it was because the families aren't involved. The culture's not there. I don't miss it because I always wondered how was this chapter going to end? It ended poorly. It ended with typical sort of, um, I think greed and uh, mismanagement and all of us who worked and gave so much of our heart in it, all the people that I worked with and I respected, you know, yet again, the servers, the servers, you know, we, we we there was a big loss but it also in covid happened so that gave me time to reflect and then and i feel free i feel like you know what this is and this is why i think other things are going on right now because it was time for that to end i wish it had ended different it didn't but i it gave me so much and such a skill set that i will always be very grateful and and i love The tradition that my great grandfather and this other gentleman started this business and for 94 years it helped and gave people livelihoods and sent people's kids to school and our our customers celebrated anniversaries and weddings and bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and divorces and deaths and everything you know and business deals is fun.
1: And look, everything happens for a reason. It gives you more time for lunch with Bruce. You're a wonderful yeah. podcast. Before we get into that, one other moment in your life is a highlight for me. Like I remember when you got the champion award for Glisten. I think in 2017. There it is. See, right here. And as a member of the LGBTQ plus community myself, like I remember your speech, like it was very heartfelt and being called certain things on the bus on the way to school, your whole family was there was that like where does that rank I mean the award is right there I imagine it's up but like where does that rank on the list of accomplishments in your fascinating life.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Um, big. It's huge, you know, to be acknowledged by Glisten, which I, I just am obviously like you, a big, you know, supporter and believer. And really, when it comes to certainly young people and, the, and, and how difficult it is to be gay and be part of the LGBTQ plus community and, and everything that we've gone through. And, and I had it and I had it good comparatively you know what I mean I lived in a city that I mean it was the 80s so it wasn't easy and it was the late 70s so there was no real room for there was no imagery or narratives that I could relate to with the exception of like you know Stephen Colby on like Dynasty you know but like he his dad beat him up he was so you know things like that or making love with Harry Hamlin like you know anything I just was like you were you know or but listen it it, it lands super high the acknowledgement the ability also when I wrote that speech when I sat down to be able to like have that come out of me because I didn't know where that where that was in me I wasn't and it was very cathartic and it was meaningful to have my family there it was meaningful to be um because it took me a long time to be comfortable saying I was gay to be comfortable you know just on, on so many levels um so it was huge to and to be, to receive that honor and also I hope that I can continue to be a, you know, set an example and help all young LGBTQ plus people and, and fight for our rights and fight for marriage equality, which we did. And in this like crazy time of divisiveness and, and a conservative and this right and left and all this create just to make sure we protect ourselves and our community and we're yeah. in yeah,
1: we're in. I mean, do you think to that point, like we've come far, you know, like you look at shows like, I mean, her husband basically runs all of CAA, like we have Pose, you know, like we've come, like, do you think we've come, I mean, we've come far, like, do we still have, do you still see like a lot of closeted, like there's still a lot of closeted actors and actresses in Hollywood? You know, like, interesting.
0: I I think we've come certainly far when you have content, you know, you have someone like Max Munchenik who creates Will & Grace in the 90s. That was you know, amazing to tell the stories. And we all related, you know, I had the girl best friend who she was in love with me. And da, 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 da. Totally, I had Jack, you know, I wasn't Jack. I was, but, um, and the portrayal of gay people now is much more prevalent. And I think um, with Post, I think Ryan Murphy is, just has been, such, has done such Uh, service to our community and I think people like Greg Berlanti have done incredible things I think there are a lot of gay actors out there now and leading men gay actors I mean you look at someone like Matt Bomer who was a friend of mine like there was a time he could not be in uh he well first of all he he did not get cast as Superman when the when the studio found out he was gay, he really was going to get it. This is now years ago and he didn't because they didn't want to take the chance, you know. That, that was then, this is now where he can portray a married man and we believe him as a married man to a woman, you don't have to be. So I think we've gone super far. I think we have to keep telling the stories. I think we have to keep telling the disenfranchised stories. We have to portray gay people uh positively i think in in the movies and television i think there's a responsibility there not to make them the killers you know not to make them like these crazy you know
1: stereotypical
0: yeah exactly so i I think is there oh is there room to grow yes is there room to grow with all you know groups now yes i think there's a a huge um in on that i do question the Um, ability that you have to be gay to play gay, or you have to be, you know, because do you have to be uh, straight to play straight, you know, I just feel like we have to, there's a little bit of a slippery slope going on there, because without great movies like Sean Penn portraying Harvey Milk, um, that would never have happened. Sometimes you need a movie star to make a, a movie about someone who's great and to tell their story, and hopefully but we've come a long way. And I mean, I would say I watch like now all these rom-coms that are meant for like teenagers about like the love story, like love Simon. I immediately went to like Greg Volante was like, I've watched it four times because I was able to relive my adolescence because I didn't have a boyfriend. I wanted a boyfriend. you know. I wanted to go to the prom. I wanted to fall in love on the Ferris wheel. What the hell?
1: Totally. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I agree with all of that yeah. <laughs> speaking of ryan murphy are you as blown away i mean i know she's family your daughter billy lord are you a, as blown away by her arc on american horror story i mean this many season like she's just i mean the show is brilliant in general but like when you watch her are you just like oh my god
0: I am so blown away by Billy. You know, Billy started, you know, when, when she got, went on to Scream Queens, it was like, okay, you know, obviously she grew up in business. She has, she's royalty in the business as a result of her mom and her grandmother and her dad. Um, and I didn't know she had those chops because she really wasn't going that way in high school and in college. And she was always, you know, she's very creative. She sings the music, all that. And then she does Scream Queens and I could see, you know, like this was like a learning ground for her, you know, like, okay, like this is how this is done. And I'm so blown away by her ability, her commitment, her hard work, her, uh, her talent. Um, you know, she is about to go and we're so sad because she leaves this weekend with our grandson who we're very upset about that she has to take him. But of course she does to Australia to quarantine and shoot a movie that will be for, uh, uh, January till January with um, playing the best friend of the daughter of Julia Roberts and George Clooney so she's it's it's happening and to her credit it's happening because she's good, not because her dad's an agent, you know what I mean it's she's got the good so I'm blown away by her and I'm more blown away by her as a mother because she is she is just an epic mother and at 29 years old she, she glows and he is the joy of all of our lives. <laughs>
1: And right. Like it's easy to say, well, your mother's Carrie Fisher, your father's this huge agent, but no, then you actually watch and you're like, okay, wait a second. This is yeah. not a joke here. Like this is the real you deal. you think
0: about that, how many children of very famous people. They get the shot, they get in the door. And then it just doesn't work for them because at the end of the day, like any business, whether you're in you know, finance or what have you, or restaurant, if you don't do it, if you can, you won't make it. So I always say, I can get you the interview, but you have to do the work. I didn't get you the job. You got yourself the job.
1: I think that's true, especially in Hollywood. Like, you get in the door, no one's going to cast you just because of this and that. It's like, honey, there's a lot of money on the line here. Right. 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 I I totally agree with that. Did you call Julia Roberts and say, you better be nice to my... Lily Lord, when she's on location with you. I mean, you have direct access, you know. I do
0: have direct access. Julia was here with Danny and two of their kids um, a couple of months ago. We had a, I guess it was like a, maybe a Labor Day barbecue. So, you know, the talk of the table too was, you know, the pending travel. And we've seen George... Um, No, I mean, that would not be my place to say, though, knowing Julia now for a long time, she's, you know, she's a heart of gold, and she will only embrace and they're going to take care of Billy, especially being so far from home. So I, you know, there's no one. I mean, I'm the hugest Julia Roberts fan. Like, we went to the AFI celebration of Julia Roberts years ago, and I'm sitting next to Brian and they show, you know, I love a montage. I love a montage and they show all these clips in every movie. I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. That's me. And Brian goes, why do you only identify as the Julia Roberts character,
1: not the guy character? I'm like, cause that's who I am. <laughs> when Julia's on the screen, there is no other. I totally agree. Right. Before we get to lunch with Bruce, one more thing. What is the best thing about being BFFs with Mr. Andrew Cohn?
0: <laughs> wow. Well, there's a lot. I mean, you, you have to, Contextually, it's always important that you know Andy and I met in 1994. I was dating his best friend at the time, and it was a three-year relationship of which the first year was typical of like Andy being a little bit bitchy towards me. The second year we sort of like cussed each other out because both of us were over the person, and then the third year was like the exit for the two of us, and we clicked. And we call the year of 1997 the your brand deep, Bruce and Andy, and we just exploded. You know, Andy is fiercely loyal, extremely fun. Um he is, he's uh, you know, I th- to and he's very loyal to all his friends. Like Andy has the ability, as busy as he is, to his net, which is wide from high school to college, to he keeps in touch with everyone. Being the best friend, 've I've never had a best friend like Andy He is truly um, he's been there in my good times in my uh, bad times um, we We could speak for hours every day like we'll look as you know the phones tell you and he's like, ooh, like we did and, you know we're on an hour twenty minutes right now. We have endless things to say to each other. He's the best girlfriend, he's the best best friend um, so there's there's almost too many things to say, but I, you know what but ultimately I feel safe, like I've never felt safe in a friendship. And I feel like he's family to the end. And like finding your mate in life, finding a friendship like that is a, is a rare thing. And so I handle it. We both, can, you know, we can say anything, we can argue with each other, we can laugh, we can get into trouble together. Um, but at the end of the day, he's only been a true support As I have for him, and it's and I've and watching him become a father and being a part of that experience and helping him be inspired because he saw me become a father, and it's it's a it's a magical friendship.
1: Well, you are the godfather to Benjamin Cohen, so I I Did did Andy turn to you for fatherly advice?
0: You know, he did. I mean, what he saw was one. He just watched. So when I was forty, I called him up and I go, Andy i have something to tell you i was living in dc at the time working at the palm because that was the corporate office and he's like don't tell me you're having a baby and i said yes because he wanted to do it at the same time but that decade in my life was about becoming a father and that decade in andy's life was about exploding into his career so it was we just were you know yeah. so he, he's the godfather of ava and um I think he watched a lot and he saw and, you know, and then as it got closer to him, there was advice. And then oftentimes I will differ with him and I'll say, you know, that's not what I would be doing right now, or that's what I would do. And he listens. So yeah, he, he, he does ask, he asks. <laughs>
1: do you get, I know you're a big housewives fan. You've been open about that before and there's nothing wrong with that. Do you get spoilers from Andy on what's to come?
0: You know, I do. I'm not, one of the things that's happened is I have pulled back from the housewife franchises because it's like, all right, you know, and I get very anxious when I watch them and I'm like, can't watch them all. We, um, he will say, what he does is like, he's like, okay, Bruce, you gotta watch episode 11, Dinner Party Part 2 at Kathy Hilton's house. You need to see that. Or you need to see so-and-so in New York or, or, or he'll give me like an Erica Jane thing. Um, But not so much because, you know, he's like, if I was truly immersed and knew everybody, yes, I think he would. But I I respectfully keep a little distance there.
1: Do you think there should be, it doesn't even have to be on Bravo, but just like, you know, Logo did the show, The A-List back in the day. It wasn't really the exact same thing. It was supposed to be like the gay housewives, but it really, truly wasn't. It wasn't to me like self-actualized. It was about like a bunch of guys going to Fire Island, like. It's not really housewives. Do you think there should ever be just like an all gay male, like, you know, fully actualized, like here you are, maybe you could be on it. You know, you have a family and just like people with like a full 360 of a life. Well,
0: this is what I think. I think that, you know, many years ago, because I'm now based in Beverly Hills, Andy said, God damn it. You are a real housewife of Beverly Hills and you should be the first gay real housewife on this franchise. Because he'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I just ran into Lisa Vanderpump at Barney's. What are you doing now? Oh, I just got a facial. What are you doing now? Oh, I'm in a cryo fuel thing. He's like, oh, I'm at Neil Lane's looking at, you know, Neil Lane looking at jewelry for selling. And He's like, he'd freak out. And so of course we like kind of just pitched it out to, you know, I had the palm at the time. I was like, oh, this would be good for business. Uh, Brian was like, if you want to get a divorce, go for it so I was like oh my god that could be season one with me like epic Hollywood divorce type of thing this is where we go so so I think that has to be somewhere in his head we talked about it long enough and I think people are ready to see that sort of dynamic in in with the women in regard to like a all I don't know I mean I, I don't really think so I think and maybe there's something weird in that but I feel like, I don't know if it would work in the same way for some reason. I think it would be a little bit different, though. I think, you know, the gay best friends that come on are fun. But I do think there's room now to put a real self-actualized gay person who's married, who has a family, who's business, and on the show and interacting with these women. I mean, that would be interesting because a male energy with them, gay or straight, is always interesting. And I think a gay guy, there'd be some good... Good stuff.
1: You would be the perfect Beverly Hills housewife. I I would have to agree with that. Isaac
0: Maturahi called him the other day and said, why is Bruce Bosie not a housewife of of New York? And Andy was like, New York? Beverly Hills? And he was like, what do you mean, Beverly Hills? He's so New York. He's New York. He's like, ah, you're right. Beverly Hills aren't, but it's not going to (laughs) happen.
1: I don't want you to get divorced over it. Thank you. Do you guys know that the holidays are the busiest and most stressful time of the year? Well, this year, I'm calm and cool and collected thanks to Talkspace. Talkspace offers both therapy and psychiatry right from the comfort of my phone. I can reach out to my provider anytime, anywhere. And let's face it, there's a lot of family involved during the holiday season. Well, listen, with Talkspace, I'm able to talk out all my family issues. There's no more need to commute to appointments and miss time at work and line up and wait. It's right from the comfort of your own home or phone from wherever you are. It's mental health care made easy. You just easily sign up online and you get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you. And you don't have to wait for that. That usually happens within 48 hours. As a listener behind the velvet rope, you get $100 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com. velvet To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash velvet to get a hundred dollars off your first month that's right talkspace.com slash velvet well speaking of kathy hilton you know listen way to start with a bang on lunch with bruce
0: right well let's start with jennifer Aniston, right
1: jennifer Aniston, daniel craig and kathy hilton this is you're like three for three of them not that i doubted you i mean it's serious xm and it's, it's the well, real Sirius thing here been,
0: they've been so wonderful so when andy andy basically in 2016, Andy, I was at the Palm and he he goes, we did an episode of Deep and Shallow. So Deep and Shallow literally is like, you go deep, you go shallow. We were sitting at the Palm. We went from a real subject to looking at, you know, checking out a hot guy to, oh my God, Goldie Hawn is sitting over there with Bob Daly. Like, you know what I mean? And then he was like, I think this is a show lunch with Bruce. So there was a slow jam in like 2017. And then he said, you know, if you really want this to get some legs, you have to commit. So each Friday, people know that they're going to get there. So, okay. Um, so from 2016 to now, we went into quarantine. We did quarantine with Bruce, which was just like this, you and I speaking. So the food went away, which was really a fun element of the show because the ambient noise, the food, the booze, we'd get drunk. You know, Sarah Paulson and I doing shots of tequila. Um, Andrew Reynolds and I like getting smashed before he was getting out of, but we were talking real stuff. Cause to me, it's about a conversation, like a real conversation. People have something to say. And it got to the point where I was like, Andy, like, what are we going to, like, where is this going to go? Like, it either has to go next level or, you know, I wanted to take it in a podcast mode. And he, he dropped the hint that potentially Sirius was going to be launching a podcast platform. And so if I could just be patient, which I was, and that happened and when it was conclusively happening I thought okay there are certain people I haven't pivoted to ask because you don't get you know you got to be you gotta and you want to launch big so the literally the I heard it was happening I knew when I was you know it's so here I was at Beverly Hills House I was at Remedy Place getting an IV, like, you know, vitamin drip with magnesium. Of and I, course you were. Of course, right? And I, you know, text Jennifer and I say, Jennifer, this is happening. Would you be open to doing it? Because it also concurred with the morning show, which I was a big fan of season one, ready for season two. She got back to me in a second, said, of course, just ask Stevie, Stephen Uvain. He said, yes, we made it happen. And I knew, okay, this is... The, this is the way to start and let's really like go next level and then I went to Jeff Klein because now the palm's out of my life and I was like poo 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 palm you're dead to me bye-bye but we want to bring it back to the table because people love the noise they love like the what are you eating what are you drinking and I went to Jeff Klein and said would you be open for to us to do this at the tower hotel tower bar restaurant he said yes oh my god now we're glam now we're hollywood mm-hmm. so jennifer came and we did it like at five in the afternoon and then we had dinner afterwards and it was i didn't under and she you know when the dating question came up which was a big deal because the part of the show is really the ease of just sinking in no one does really uh, our format it's six minutes on The Tonight Show. It's, six, it's 22 minutes on Watch What Happens Live. There's a lot of games and stuff. So you really get to talk to someone about who they are. And that, you know, to find a night one, uh, it, like one of the lead stories on Entertainment Tonight, Access, E, I was like, wow, like, okay, we're onto something here. So that was exciting. And then Kathy behind it was phenomenal. Then Daniel was here. So Daniel comes he's also staying with us. And I said, Dan, and I, I not only ask him, but then I respectfully, of course, Laura Simons is his publicist. I say, can will Dan you do this? And she, he's action packed. She's like, yes, but let's do it at the end before we leave. So he's super chill and you'll get, and Ryan, my husband listened to it and said, you know, I think this is going to go down as one of the definitive conversations he's had about this. He's going to love this forever. And I mean he was pissed that I was asking too. You know, he's like, oh my God, like really? Like you have to ask. But um, that's good. And we have Andy is next week. We have Amy Pascal coming up, who is, you know, just incredible. She used to run, you know, Sony Columbia. She has Amy Pascal picture. She's, you know, a huge uh executive and uh producer. We have Barry Diller. Coming up. So we have, you know, we have. I've just did Glenn Powell, who's going to be a superstar. I mean, he's already a superstar in my eyes, but he launches this summer in Top Gun Maverick. And you're going to see this guy's face all over the place. And Tom Ford is going to do it. So we, we're getting some goodies.
1: Was Jennifer Aniston always like in the back of your mind a year ago? Like, if this happens, this is what I want. You know, it just happened to work with the morning show, which is A 100%.
0: Yes. Both of those are yes. Jennifer Aniston always, and when Scott, the producer of the show, and I would talk about potential guests, she was always on the list, but I was like, please hold, and I will do that myself. And when this happened, I'm like, well, this is now the universe. Even with Daniel, because I wouldn't have asked Daniel. He was here, and um, No Time to Die was premiering. I mean, we did the show on the night it premiered. Your timing,
1: things. Face. Great, and I mean, let's face it. Kathy Hilton is—I mean—having this month, last month. I mean, Beverly Hills is—that's oh. We have you a new
0: Instagram by like two thousand people. Thank you, Kathy. She's because she's great, you know, she's a superstar. So we want to do. We pay. You know, she said to me, "Why don't we do this at my house at Christmas time? She loves Christmas." I go, "I love Christmas." So i, t- I texted her the other day. I'm like, "Let's get the Christmas." And my my ideal show at Christmas time is at Kathy's house, having a Christmas lunch with. Kathy, Kyle, Kim, Paris, and Nikki. Come on,
1: I I have to like leave right now, Bruce. Like that's right. just that's too much. I mean, you know, you mean? yeah. Like let's let's put it into the universe for so many reasons. Yeah, that would be amazing. I know. Well, yeah. I mean, like my format here is an hour. Like it's to your point. Like an hour is right. Like you really get to know someone. It's a real conversation. If you get lucky and someone's not going the Hollywood route, which with your, I would think most people, because you know them a lot, you know, most of your guests, like they're probably, it's easy, yeah. to, they open up to you. I mean, at least I mean, from the most, episodes I've listened to so far, oh, which I've you. listened to all of them.
0: I think they do. I think they do. I mean, there were a couple, like in two, before we were on podcast mode, like I did, you know, a Gail King, I know, but Nora O'Donnell, I didn't know. Those were like interesting ones for me because now they're journalists, you know, and so I was like, oh, wow, like what do I You know, what do I bring? But universally, what happens in the course of the hour is we sink in, people start to talk, the road turns. And because like you, I listen because a lot of people that interview people don't listen. So if you're listening, you then can walk down that path, then bring it back. And then inevitably, because people go in like, "Ooh, this is an hour. They say, that was so fast. totally they they enjoy it and people like to talk about themselves and what's happening in their life it's interesting
1: do you have a dream guest like if you could get anyone on your show
0: yeah oh yeah i mean i've uh, yeah okay I, i love that question should always come prepared with that question but like if i'm just talking off cuff you know, right now it would be great to sit down with Madonna to talk about Madame X and to talk about her life. Because at the end of the day, I think what the woman has done in her life, uh, especially for gay people and for AIDS, and is so interesting. And there's so much fabric there that I always want to, you know, I get into like these conversations with her. It'd be fantastic to have, um, I'd like to have, uh, some li- really great sports people like, if, like LeBron James was on the show. Be interesting to understand like what makes him who he is. I'd love to have, um, I mean, Michelle Obama would be amazing. I want to have, you know, Anna Winter. I'm a huge fan of Anna Winter and I just think she's an incredible person. And I think, you know, I've gotten to know her over the years. And she's one of the most interesting and, and to people's surprise, warm When you, she's at, you know, because I think people think of her as very austere because she kind of... Yeah. So her, I'd like to have, um, you know, um, I mean, there's so many, but like them and any super really sexy hot guy is always fun. (laughs) Movie star. That's
1: always good too.
0: Well, of course, you know, I don't know.
1: Well... I'd love
0: to have Timothy Chalamet. I'd love
1: to. Timothy Chalamet is... I would not mind that myself. Well, I was going to say, if you didn't say Madonna, I was going to say, why not? That would be my guess for what you would have said. I mean, I wake walk the world revolves around Madonna as far as I'm concerned. So we do have that in common. What I mean, you're you you know Madonna. Your husband knows Madonna. Like, what is it like? I I this is why I think Lunch with Bruce is so great because like Anna Wintour is not going to do a podcast. She will probably do your podcast on Sirius. Well, Madonna is not going to do a podcast. I believe that she will do Lunch with Bruce on Sirius. I do. I really you like know with a lot her. of
0: humility. I will receive that and say there's like with no expectation. I um I I do think um I've had the uh, i've had the i've found myself at dinner with them i found myself um in intimate moments of just conversation i think madonna is incredible we've made out twice it's just fyi so i feel like we had a little like thing. so jealous yeah and you know i do think that they feel safe hopefully. And I think that's really sort of what's special about lunch with Bruce. And I think why I'm podcast, it's so exciting because now it's like international, it's global. I'm getting, I love when I get these feedbacks from people like in great Britain or people like in other countries. And I'm like, Oh my God, like people are listening to this now. Um, So yeah, that, they would be great. And, And like I said, it's not a gotcha. So I'm what someone knows is it's not a gotcha. And because it's live tape, If someone wakes up the next day and says, you know, I really wish I hadn't said that, we take it out. It's like, um, we're here to like create love and, and celebrate your life, not make you feel bad about anything.
1: Totally. And like the whole thing with Daniel Craig, which just went viral with, you know, like the gay bar and like he feels like you didn't try to did get it. Viral, it just,
0: that? What happened? Well, the maybe.
1: Jennifer Aniston thing went viral and the Daniel Craig thing, I think because it's your newest episode at this moment, it's it's getting legs. I mean, I
0: story is a good story.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't looking for it before chatting with you today since like 8 a.m. And it just an hour ago popped off. And I was like, "Oh well, I'm speaking to him in like an hour about this very podcast." So I'm gonna. So I think it's like starting to get legs. Cool. But it doesn't. It doesn't seem like a gotcha moment. I think that's what's so great about it.
0: No, no. And when I said it, and we really end the show with that night that he and I experienced, and it's so lovely how he talks about it, and it really became a thing. Like, I mean, the National Enquirer picked it up. This is years ago. His publicist called the next day. Brian came home from London. He's like, "What happened?" I. Daniel calls me at seven a.m. that next morning and is like, uh, "I think the National Enquirer." And like he says on the show, you know, we were caught, but we were doing nothing wrong. We were just friends celebrating, and yes, we are affectionate, so we hug each other and stuff like that. And and I love how he what he talks about loving gay bars, and this was certainly not the first gay bar he went to, because he is a friend in a profound way to the LGBTQ plus community. Tremendously, he is one of these, you know, bastion of heterosexual sexiness that is actually so confident in who he is that none of that matters. And he talks about when he goes into straight bars, and I've heard him say this before. You know, guys are very macho, so they see James Bond walk in and they want to, like he says, dick swinging. You know, he's like, I don't need that. Like, I don't want to get into a fight.
1: Just give me my drink, man. Right? <laughs> give
0: me my drink, and maybe kiss. When that guy said to me in the gay boy, "Are you his manager?" I said, and I don't know if you've listened to this, but this guy comes up to me and he says, Oh, you his manager, and I lose it on the guy. I'm like, his manager. We're in a gay bar. And you're like right. me if I'm sleeping with him? Like, what? You know? You're <laughs> yeah.
1: like, wait a second, I'm so offended right now. Like Completely. Completely. It's funny. It's really funny. What's the best thing about just being around the icon that is Madonna? I mean, <laughs> you've been to her party, she's been to your parties.
0: I mean, there was a party we, we had at the house years ago and I literally carried her coat on my arm, like draped over the whole night, like, and you know, the whole night. What is the best thing is when you, when you grow up and someone has such an impact on you and you don't know them, like she had on me as I was coming of age in the eighties and then in the early nineties, you know, really, um, living in LA. She was in LA. There was like, we were always, I was kind of close enough where there was a club called club Louie and there was Friday, Saturday nights, like, Oh, Madonna was there, but you know, Sandra Bernhardt was there. Ingrid Caceres, the whole little group was there. You know, her Brits was there. It was a very special moment in Los Angeles. When you then meet them and you are not disappointed and you, and she's everything you're going to expect. She's fun. She's nasty. She's, she's, you know quick-witted and you know um and that to me it was like oh my god when I found myself really dancing with her one night for the first time when I met her and like dancing I'm like you're dancing with Madonna you know to this day it still is a huge thing um I don't see her that often anymore we did have dinner a couple months ago at a friend's house it was very it was just six of us and I just feel like the woman just keeps trying to you know bring art and I know that she's kind of controversial and what people are judging how what she's done to herself physically and all the craziness that's going on but she lives by her own rules and so I just feel like she's she's not disappointed me nor would she care it's but she is still a huge family well I'm gonna show you this so this picture was taken if you can see it that's a picture of yeah. like, uh kissing an Oscar. And it was taken by Andy Cohen, I might add. Um, in and she's holding coincidentally Rachel Vice's Oscar. And we were at a restaurant, and we just like there are the, all these special moments that I've been fortunate. And Jess Cagle says, What's interesting about lunch with Bruce, and I say this also with humility, is you're one of the few people who are actually on the same side of the uh, velvet Rope, so to speak. Right. They, there's, a, there's a very interesting take on it. And that's just a result of, I think, being a good person, a nice person and knowing great, talented people. And But and I know I'm talking a lot. I yeah. think what people respond to me and why Lunch With Bruce works so nicely and beautifully is because I treat the waiter who comes to the table and the busboy the same that I treat Jennifer Aniston. And it's, you know what I mean? It's people of people.
1: And I'm sure you don't have to mention any names because I wouldn't, I, I do do that to people, but I don't do it to many people. I'm not going to do it to you, but I'm sure in your circles in Hollywood and nights out, you go out with many people where you're like, you know, they always say, look at how someone treats the staff, And like, yeah. it's true, right? Yeah. If someone's
0: dismissive, it's that's a hard thing for me to come back from yeah celebrity or not usually they're I kind of cut them out a little bit like all right
1: I get it well no I agree with Jess Cagle that was like my point earlier too I think like you know not to use my own show title but you are on the same side of the rope and that's why well I love your show title lunch it's great I mean but that's why it works you know because it's you are an insider and these are truly your friends and when they're not you, you still can interview them from a different point right. of view.
0: And that was, that was the skill set I really tried to hone in on. And that's what I think was great about quarantine time. Now looking how everything works from going back to being a page to quarantine to this now iteration. It's everything was happening for a reason. So if we do our job right and I lean in and I'm you know serious with my questions coming in and I'm having a good time, there's room for I think this show to continue to grow and be certainly a show that when you are unlike the circuit of doing press that your publicist will say, Okay, these are your TV things, these are your radio podcast things, and I could be on that, hopefully.
1: I think you're already on that. That's been you know, my well, I mean serious and Bruce. I think I don't know. I think Jennifer Aniston from the minute she opened her mouth put you on that. That's my opinion, honestly. And then it was a great episode. And then it got pressed. So I think there's nothing more. And then you followed it up with two other great guests. And now you tell me you have Andy and all these other people coming. So I think you're already there. You're very humble. We'll wrap up in like two minutes, I promise. But I was going to ask you, would you want to interview Erica, Jane?
0: Wow. That's a tough one for me to answer because she scares me a little bit. So yes, from a, like, from a conversational point, I would. Um, I think. Um, You know, my heart kind of breaks for that this woman and what was actually happening behind the curtain in her life. And I truly believe you can be married to someone and not know who they are, a hundred percent. And you can judge how she lived her life and you can judge how she spent their money and her money and blah blah blah. But I don't think so. um, So yes, short answer is yes. The answer right behind it is I'd be sweating a little bit because I think she's she's tough. I mean, you know and. But I think I could create a space that hopefully she'd be comfortable in talking about it when she's ready to talk. So,
1: yeah. Just putting that on your list. And I love, in what world are you nervous about interviewing? I I know you know Madonna, but who is nervous about interviewing Erica Jane and not Madonna? (laughs) So that just shows you why Lunch at Bruce works. Two, this is the final thing. The best moment in Housewives history, I think all Housewives fans would agree, was... Andy's baby shower, epic. Which you were heavily involved in was it was epic, right?
0: It was epic. So Kyle Richards really was the force behind that, though. She co-hosted with a number of people, but she not only, you know, she was really the force. It became it was so funny because it was just like a nice groove. It was like people would walk in, and it was like woo, then the lunch, and then it felt like oh okay, like this might be wrapping up, and then it was like no, Rena was like. Get the F up. So I had women on these tables that are, you know, if you put too much weight on the front of the table, it's just going to flip. And I was like, I got very stressed. I was holding, you know, tables up. I was like, these faces are going to be smashed. And, but it's the gift that keeps giving. I mean, it it tore, you know, broke the, the internet and it was an epic moment for the Palm and for Andy to celebrate. And these women were great.
1: Once Rena started dancing on those tables it was over.
0: It was over.
1: And now it's having another moment, you know, now everyone's saying that Kyle was this one was whispering that everyone was whispering about Erica's legal troubles at that particular baby shower. I don't know if you know that. So really?
0: No, he the said palm and he all said of that is Yeah. Oh really?
1: They're saying that all these housewives were whispering Kyle and whoever else was there about Erica's legal troubles and that's where people first heard it. So
0: wow. Well that isn't that interesting because that traces it back to a different origin than we know as the people who are watching this season. Ooh.
1: It all comes back to the baby shower. <laughs> Anything else you want to leave us with? First of all, I really appreciate your time. Sorry to keep you over I mean what do you want people to know? I mean serious XM, Lunch with Bruce, every Tuesday is a new episode.
0: Yes. Thank you. Um, what I want people to know is I, first of all, love feedback. So people are listening and they DM me. I, in any of the quadrants of that little direct message thing, I do check and someone has given me feedback and my response was constructive feedback. And I responded and they were like, so just touched that. I was not like, you know, screw you. But I was like, you know what, you're right. That's a, that's a constructive point that I should, I should know. Um, and just how excited I am, how excited I am to bring people in different conversations to people and that I hope um, people, I think people enjoy it as much as I do. But to remember, it's like a con- a conversation. It's just meant for, to, in this world where we're so fast, in this world where we don't listen, it's an, it's an hour to learn something maybe new about someone that you admire and just to go back to like old school, old form. And I'm very appreciative to serious and Radio Andy for like, not only giving me this platform, but to like, you know, nurturing it and making it better and better. So it's been a hell of a lot of fun. And it's like, we got a good arc ahead of us. Next level, baby.
1: Everyone needs to check it out and subscribe and leave a review, five-star. Listen, it helps, these, these reviews help, seriously.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't know that, it's important. Five stars.
1: you got to get your reviews, dear. you got to get those reviews. I mean, it's a great show and everyone's going to listen regardless, but just, you know, it'll look good on iTunes. I'll like make sure you get some reviews, okay?
0: Please, thank you. Thank you. And please send me all this because I want to be able to share our show.
1: I will send you all of this. Listen, you're busy. You know, you're speaking with Kathy Hilton, but I really do appreciate this. Like you've been a great guest. I appreciate everyone at Serious for making this happen. So just your whole team and everything, like for real.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love the paint behind you
1: everyone loves the pink
0: yeah it's beautiful
1: new york living you know you could see a little bit of new york out there and so it's it's kind of a fall day here too so like you know best time in new york
0: yeah so i love it
1: though thank you so much really
0: thank you thank you thank you have a great day
1: you too and i'll send this to your team okay all right right. right. take care bye